Hello and welcome to the High View Podcast, a gospel-centered conversation exploring theology, culture, and life in the local church. I'm your host, Tyler Sweat, the pastor of Connection and Community at High View Church, and today I am here with two wonderful guys, two wonderful preachers, Josh and Chad. How you guys doing? I'm great. I'm doing well. Swell. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. It's always a... I haven't heard that word in a while. Swell. I don't... You don't hear that you anymore. You say that more often. You should. Throw that in the vernacular. I feel like there's several words Josh uses regularly that just don't get used regularly in the world. I'm a unique guy. He's <laughs> just he's got his own vocabulary. He's got an eclectic vernacular. I really don't. Mm. Well, you just some interesting. I mean, swell. Mm. Good preaching features. Uh, interesting use of words. Too. Oh yeah. No, oh. we Man. should talk about preaching. Wow, what a segue. <laughs> Man. <laughs> We're getting better at this, guys. We're getting better at this. Today, we are, hopefully you've been following us for the last couple of weeks. We have started a new series of episodes through the Ten Commitments of Hy-Vee Church. And today, um, almost as if by accident, we are going to talk about preaching. Mm. What do you know about that? Uh, so, yes, we have our third commitment here at Highview is that we are committed to expositional preaching. And we define that by saying that we read the Bible, explain the Bible, and apply the Bible. So today, let's just start with, first of all, there's probably folks out there listening that didn't know there's more than one type of preaching. Right. So let's start there. What are um, you know probably the two primary realms, the two primary categories that most sermons fall into? Yeah, most sermons fall into uh, one of two categories, either topical or expositional preaching. And so most most of our listeners have been exposed to one or the other for the for most. You know, if you've been in church for any amount of time, you've been exposed to one of those two main styles of preaching. For cool, sure. Josh. Tell us what what is topical preaching? What? Uh... Yeah, topical preaching. I think probably is the most common type of preaching that's out there. Um, and topical preaching is, you know as the word entails uh, a topic is the source of kind of what the content is about mm, um, so you know uh, the, the sermon is constructed around a topic and so you use scripture to bring out the points of a particular topic so your topic may be prayer or marriage and you're looking through the scriptures to mm. find verses that support in a faithful way or whatever the case may be this particular topic and then you know mm. that's uh, that's the point of the the sermon is the topic cool well without and uh, hopefully this people will know what I mean when I ask this who who are some preachers that we know that are, that are more topical just to give people an idea of like what uh, what what preachers do primarily topical sermons uh, preachers that people may know that preach this way, um, Charles Stanley, maybe a Charles Stanley type, uh, pastor of First Baptist for a long time. Right. A, a lot of Andy Stanley. Um, mm. uh, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of guys outside of the Stanley family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the Stanleys. Yeah. The, no. I, I don't listen to any of them, but yeah. <laughs> clearly. Well, like Stephen but, Furtick and yeah, your, yeah, yeah, and your Hillsong pastors and um, yeah, you know. and and they're not all uh, not all topical sermons are equally unbiblical either. You know, mm-hmm. we preach topically here occasionally, at least in kind of uh, if, you, if you're looking at it from a big picture perspective, we're addressing a topic. Yeah. Now we want to do it expositionally, 
but right. and we'll explain what that is later on. But uh, but there's there's nothing inherently wrong with um, speaking about a topic from the Bible. Yeah, like, right. right. We would all agree on that. Yeah, I, mean, I don't absolutely. think anybody would deny that. Yeah, the danger with topical preaching is that you know you can tend to um, bend scripture to the topic rather than mm-hmm. having Scripture be the thing that we bend ourselves to, right? Yeah. So Scripture yeah. is being conformed to the topic rather than us being conformed to Scripture. That can mm-hmm. be the danger. Yeah. yeah. So in, in light of that, just kind of a quick thing about topical preaching, what, what is expositional preaching then? What do we mean when we say expositional preaching? Yeah, expositional preaching means that the point of a sermon was the point of the passage. So with comparing it to topical preaching, for example, where basically the Bible is used to support a topic. In expositional preaching, um, topics are addressed by unpacking what the Bible is saying. Right. And so one is Bible-centric, the other is topic-centric. Gotcha. And so that's a really important piece. Expositional preaching is um, reading a text, explaining a text, and applying a text. And, and that unfolds in an expositional sermon as you're usually working yourself through a verse of the Bible or a passage in the Bible, typically. Yeah, so how how do we go about doing that here? I think most people, if they're a part of Highview, even if you go on our website and look at our um, look at our website at, at the page of, of sermons, you're going to recognize that we go about expositional preaching in a very pretty particular way as far as how we build out our series. So what what's yeah. the way we approach expositional preaching? Yeah, so we do something at Highview called sequential expositional preaching. So we work ourselves through a book of the Bible typically over a fairly long period of time. So we work kind of verse by verse, passage by passage through uh, a particular book of the Bible. And and we just kind of stick to that book. Now that's called sequential expositional preaching. There's a sequence to it, and the sequence is lined up with yeah. the book, right? Okay, so... Um, However, that's not the only, you can do a one-off, and we do that regularly here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do a one-off expositional sermon. A lot of people think that it's only expositional preaching if you're going through a book. Right. It's not true, right. actually. An expositional sermon is just, here's the passage. So we're going to mm-hmm. read that passage. There's yeah. the read. I'm going to then explain that passage to you, what it says. Yeah. And then I'm going to show you how to apply it. That's all expositional preaching is. And so I think there's a lot of confusion about, you know, and I've even heard people here say, because the, the majority of what the people are, are served here mm-hmm. is through books of the Bible. Yeah. And that type of expositional preaching. And I've even had guys ask, so so we're not doing expositional preaching this week? Mm. Oh, no, we, we, we are. Yeah. It's just one sermon as opposed to sequential expositional preaching, which is lots of sermons right. through a book. I think also another thing that usually gets a little bit muddy is if you're doing a, a one-off type of sermon and it's still expositional, uh, even with our series, it doesn't mean you can't bring in supporting texts sure, to yeah, the top, to the idea that's in the, in the main text. Yeah. The problem with topical preaching is you have a topic and I've preached lots of topical sermons in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, I think all of us have at some point. Sure. Um, but the problem with topical preaching, and, and honestly, one of the reasons why it's it's so stressful as a preacher, is you're sitting there thinking, what in the world does the Bible address marriage, or mm-hmm. you know, or you're also thinking, whatever. what topic am I going to speak oh, about that's this a week? Great point. Yeah, you know, one, one of my all-time favorite preaching quotes of all time about expositional preaching. Yeah. 
was uh, W.A. Chris Well passed away, I don't know, maybe a decade ago, uh, was the pastor for 60 years of First Baptist Dallas. And he famously was an expositional preacher and preached the books of the Bible when, when a lot of his contemporaries didn't. And he said at one point, it was kind of hilarious, he said, um, while the topical preacher is pacing the floors on Saturday night thinking about what he's going to preach, I'm sleeping like a baby. Mm. That's mm. one of my favorite lines about expositional preaching and mm. why as a preacher it's so helpful. Like I already know. Um, I know we're going to be in Colossians 2 the next time I preach. I yeah. know we're going to be, you know what I mean? Like there's a certain amount of uh, peace that goes along with that. Mm. Yeah, I think you know the the difference between the two as you're you're preaching topically. There's the the pressure of trying to figure out what topic do I need to preach, and you're wrestling with that. What is what does God want me to say to the people? Whereas when you're preaching expositionally, there's there's still a a struggle there, but the struggle is with what is the text saying? Yeah, right. Yeah. And then you're you're having to trust that what that text is saying is what your people need to hear, right? And and so it's a there's still a struggle there, but it's a it's a different type of struggle, and there's a there's a peace with, you know, this week you're just you're wrestling with this text, and and you know your prayer is Lord just reveal to me what's said here, and I'm yeah. going to trust that this is what our people need to hear. Mm. Yeah, I think it it kind of comes back to what what do you think people need each Sunday morning, mm-hmm. right? Do you think they need advice based on a problem or a topic, you know, cause we could probably come up with some of those, right. Things that we want to pastorally speak to right in our congregation. So what would you say to those that might say, okay, well, we, what you're withholding from your people yeah. is you're not actually speaking to the things that, you know, intuitively as a pastor, they need to hear. That's what, a fantastic question. Um, I will say there's kind of two things. One is that comes into play. What your church, where your church is at, and what your church needs. One of the most important decisions I make leading the preaching ministry is what book of the Bible we're doing next. Mm. And so that takes time. That that takes time. And, and typically, so we we already know the next book of the Bible we're going to be doing. Um, you know, we we've we've already got a chunk of that kind of mapped out, and, and when we're going to do it. And uh, and so, but that that comes months and months usually in advance, right? And so, things that I have to think through, and it's probably similar. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Josh, but it's probably similar to how you think about worship sets a little bit, where you know which songs mm-hmm. um, sure. would would serve this purpose best. So you're thinking about those things because each book has its own character; it brings its own you know content that's specific to that book. So let me give you a perfect example. Um, the book of Colossians that we're in right now, it was written to a young church, probably between four, five, six years of age. Um, that's exactly how old we are. Mm. And some of the challenges yeah. are staying faithful to the gospel now. You've already started off now. Stay faithful to that and really start pushing the gospel into these other areas of your life. So I chose that book because I felt like where the, the content of the book was really in line with where our mm. church is. Now, once you commit to that, that book, then you're, you're, you, you basically just say, hey, Lord, got you, I pray you guided me in the selection of this book, and now I just trust you with how it unfolds. And, yeah. and we had an example uh, just this past week where the sermon ended on discussing thankfulness and guarding yourself with with thankfulness. Yeah. And here we are, like, right before Thanksgiving. That wasn't planned. 
Yeah. God yeah. gave us a little sure. word on thankfulness right here before that. So I have just, and I've seen that so many times mm. in the life of our church that God had that particular passage. We're preaching through a book of the Bible. God knew we were going to need that word for that time. It, it's almost like he's sovereign. Or so. It's like he's in control. It's eerie. It's, eerie. it's weird. So, and I think another. It's a hot take. Yeah. Another big aspect of that, God's you know, sovereign. the person that says, you know, hey, if you're not preaching topical sermons, how are you really engaging your people where they're at? And how do you do that? Well, you know, I've found that when I'm preaching expositionally, you know, through a passage, I'm never devoid of my pastoral instincts as I'm studying that passage. I'm yeah. aware of what our people are struggling with. And there's a part right. of the sermon, you know, application where we we say what the text is about, but then when we're applying that and we're talking about how that you know impacts our own life, there's all types of topics that then sure. you know, the Word of God speaks to everything. Yeah, and yeah. so you're never devoid of speaking topically when you're preaching expositionally. Right. You know, um, great but if you're preaching topically, you might be devoid of expositing the Scripture, mm. which is a you know. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got lots good. of friends who preach topically. You know. And and one of the things, and, and so I get the argument of, well, how do you know, you, you know, how, how are you going to address what your church needs? And and my counter to that has always been, the the problem with that argument is the topical preacher in that case is assuming they know what they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the truth of the matter is, looking at true. hundreds of people on Sunday, they all need. It looks like they need different things a lot of times. They're in different places. Mm. It's 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 they they're dealing with different struggles, and so it's saying, Lord, we trust you. Speak through your word. You know better than we do. We'll try to 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 pick a book that's kind of fitting for contextually where we're at and and kind of what we're going through as a church. But but we're going to trust you with how this unfolds and and just roll with it. Yeah, I think what's uh, what we're saying as well is in identifying that sure people need to hear a lot of different encouragements, challenges, teachings, rebukes, corrections, um, commands, all those different things. Really, we all need the same thing, though, which is Jesus. Christ proclaimed, right? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Him him we proclaim. Right. Right. And so really, in a way, he, he speaks to anything that we need, really. He's the mm-hmm. solution to our brokenness. And so as long as we're pointing people to Christ from the passages that we're preaching— um, I think we yeah we we don't need a topic we need a gospel yeah every week good news yeah. you know, we we need news and so out of that news there's lots of of different ways that applies and and speaks to different things topically yeah in a way but we don't need to hear a spiritual leader expounding wisdom on a topic we need mm-hmm. a spirit filled preacher preaching the gospel and then letting that flesh itself out. Yep. So Amen. what are what are some ways, some like practical things, church member in, in church on Sunday morning or listening to a podcast, how how do you identify whether or not what you're hearing is expositional preaching? How do you identify? I think one of the kind of really important ways is when the sermon's over, do you understand in a general sense what was that passage of scripture about? Not have you come away with three points. Like, but do you know what the yeah. flow of that text was about? Now, you may also have three points that were taken from that text, but do you do you understand, you know, some of the the events, the history, the you know, the language, what it was saying, mm. um, what the the authorial intent was in that passage? Yeah, um, you should be getting that in expositional preaching. Yeah, I would I would say um, how close to the Bible passage that you were in did that preacher 
stick to mm-hmm. um, that typically look for um, sermons that use scripture as a diving off point. Mm. Yeah. So we're going to preach about, we're going to preach about um, trusting God by being the topic is trusting God um, while battling enemies in our life, you know, battling, battling adversity. And so, all right, yeah. here we go. We're going to jump in and we're going to talk about here's, here's David and Goliath. Right. Mm. And so here's the jump off point. And then you never hear about that again. You know, you never hear about that scripture again. Right. It's one part in a bunch of dominoes and topical sermons typically work like, okay, you got to hit, knock over the first domino scripture. And then they kind of, you know, throughout this, and it's just different passages and they're coming at you fast and furious. Look for preachers interacting with words in the text explaining words. I mean, what we're, we're preaching is the Bible and the Bible is a collection of words. Yeah. And so we have to unpack those words, um, provide definition, provide, th- look for things like historical background context. Like what's going on in this, so you're preaching from a letter, what's going on from in this church that this is being written to? What's going on in Paul's life while he's writing this? Is this a prison epistle? Is this something else? Um, look for, Look for a preacher who's interested in the Bible, mm. who's more interested in telling those people what the Bible's saying than saying things from the Bible. Mm. That's huge. And That's all good. of this is like, it's kind of nuanced and, and you, you got to be aware of it. Yeah. But um, it's, it's critical. It's a, it's a critical part of the Christian life. You're, you're, that's what you should be looking for in a local church. Right. You know, they I, should be committed to that. Right. Amen. And I think of, the impact that that has over the years on a faithful member in a church. Yeah. Right. You know, just, you know, if you imagine a, a person that's been in a church for five to 10 years and they've had topics come at them from different directions, not that that's all negative. I mean, there's a lot of good things that can be gleaned from that and even faithful scriptures used, but yeah. someone who for five, 10, 15, 20 years, however long they've been a member at a church who have set faithfully under the exposited word of God, mm. they're going to know in general what several books of the Bible say and mean and, um, you know, and I just I can't overemphasize the importance of that. Which, in the life that's of such a counter. It's a countercultural concept right now that all all of our communication is soundbite. All of our yep. other Memes. like you, you want to go you know, look at a meme or even if you're trying to find something like I, I've been fascinated by a couple different apps that are all article based. And it's yeah. like, you know, here's a five minute read on how to be more productive. Right. But then there's like 500 other five minute reads yeah. about how to be more productive. You know, so really, that's I think a lot of people want just a quick soundbite they want to hear you know the 10 second helpful comment Um, they don't want to listen to the bible being you know expositionally preached for years or they don't realize that's what they need Mm -hmm. yeah i I don't know if i've i i saw the the long-term advantages of um preaching expositionally um until i've seen them more and more and more recently uh as we've you know we're we're about to start about to go into It'll be seven years as a church mm. in January, and uh, and and this is really interesting. Um, a ninety, our oldest member of our church, ninety-one years old, uh, little saint of God. She um, she was in a church that preached topically for the first, no joke, for the first eighty-four years of her life. Wow. Okay, uh, that type of church that preaches topically. Um, she shared with me recently that she's learned more 
in seven years at Highview than she did in those 84 years under topical preaching. Goodness. And I don't think that has anything to do with the capabilities of the preaching at Highview or the preachers at Highview. I don't. I think it has to do with she's been exposed to expositional Amen. preaching now mm. for seven years. And at the end of her life, she's seeing things about the Bible that she never saw before. And that is maybe the greatest testament to the power of expositional preaching over topical preaching over a long period of time. Amen. Right. Wow. That's um, which that kind of brings us to this last, last couple of questions. I mean, we're talking about our committedness to this as a church. What, what does it look like? We've talked a little bit about how we do it, but what does it look like for our church and for all of our ministries to be committed to expositional preaching? Obviously that's easier for some ministry than other ministries than others. Uh, our preaching team obviously is heavily committed to expositional preaching because they are expositionally preaching, you know, when they, when those guys get a chance to, um, our gospel community groups, I know we, uh, do sermon based groups, uh, discussions. So we're further kind of unpacking what's been unpacked, you know, as the, the pastor from, from Sunday has read, explained and taught some applications from, from the scriptures. We're hoping to, to bring that further and deeper into our personal walk with Jesus. Um, but what does it look like for the rest of our ministries? What are some other ways we flesh out or commit ourselves to expositional preaching? We got our pastor of ministries here. We mm. should ask him about that. Yeah. Well, here's, here's the answer. Mm. <laughs> um, I think um, in one way it looks like a people that are committed to the words, you know, so how does that flesh itself out? And, uh, the, you know, the parking ministry or, you know, the connection ministry. It's a it's a group of people that um, that realize the thing that they need for their week is not a sound bite from Chad. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's good. But a, a word, the, yeah. the word of God. And and so, you know, what that might look like for them is um, to be committed to it. We know what passages of Scripture we're going to be preaching, you know, in the coming weeks, maybe the Saturday night before Sunday morning, they sit down and read it to go ahead and get that word in their heart so that when they sit yeah. and hear the word exposited, you know, they're ready, ready to receive it. Um, you know, so I think it just, in some ways it's explicit what it looks like in some of our ministries because we're practicing it and other ways we're receiving from it. And so there's a posture of heart that, that values it, yeah. you know, and that values the word. I think one of the ways our members can be committed to it is being present to hear it, to yeah, receive to it, yeah, right? Exactly. Being, yeah. being under that preaching regularly. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Pastor Chad does a read along um, that he posts on our, our members page. And, you know, so every member before Sunday morning rolls around, like this is, this is our sermon. This is what the sermon's going to be about. Read this and pray about it. And, you know, I've always found that very encouraging and helpful. Um, You know, so there's ways here that our members can greatly support the expositional ministry of the church by being committed to the word, by Mm. reading that passage before they come. And then when they come engaging in the sermon, listening and sitting under that word um, and letting it judge you, you know, like Hebrews tells us, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword and judging the thoughts and intentions of the heart, like sitting before the word of God in that capacity. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode with our committedness to the authority of scripture. Right. Yep. And they and and that's interact. Yeah. right. That's where we say, okay, we're committed to the authority of that's scripture. That's why we do expositional preaching. This is why we bring the scripture in this way to our people because right. we're we need to tell them here's how you submit to it. Really that's hopefully all of our sermons as we read, explain and apply the scripture is saying, okay, we're going to submit to the authority of that scripture in this way. Yeah. With Amen. our lives. 
Very cool. We're uh, we're excited that you're continuing to join us in this series through our commitments. But hopefully, as you've been catching on, we're adding a little uh, special section to the end of each of these episodes. And this week, we have a, a incredible surprise for all of you. Uh, we now have an official Highview Hot Take jingle, and so we're going to just transition by hearing our jingle. Highview Hot Take. So as we oh as we're getting closer to I hope this, this made everyone else's day like it made mine. Oh, we love it. I just we love want everyone to know how jingle. secure I am in myself that I allow this to happen. Oh, it's oh, fantastic. Uh, so Ooh. yeah, today's hot take. Uh, as we're getting closer to the end of 2019, obviously as we get to November, it's it's beginning to be holiday season. Thanksgiving's coming up. Christmas is a little ways down the line, and everyone. I think has the same struggle maybe with family members. I know in our house, there's been a a lot of conversations about this. When is too soon to start listening to Christmas music? Yeah. I mean, how soon is too soon? This is really a very simple answer. I mean, it's, it's a matter of really how strong in your faith you are. (laughs) The answer just (laughs) without a doubt. Yes. If, if it's not Christmas Eve, what are you doing playing Christmas music? <laughs> That's garbage. That's a garbage opinion you have there, Josh. <laughs> Chad, what you think? <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I, I go... Um, <laughs> um, I, I think, I think uh, right around Thanksgiving, I, I tend to go... I can't, t- you know, let's, yeah. uh, I if mean, you play Christmas can, can music I not celebrate before the incarnation at other times, Josh, well, give Thanksgiving, is, give one day to the Lord. Why don't you be thankful for Thanksgiving coming in human flesh mm. well, let, as a babe in a manger? Right, that's, that's fine. Celebrate Jesus minus the music. <laughs> I mean, how, how else am I going to know that grandma got run over by a reindeer? <laughs> If I don't remind myself every November 1st. Thanksgiving is the best holiday of the year. Thanksgiving. And, and, and you Christmas this, people ruin Thanksgiving the, okay, and rob I, the, the joys yeah. of being thankful for Thanksgiving. I, I'm, no. Because listen, of, you know. Thanksgiving's an incredible holiday. And Josh really is. is a huge proponent of Thanksgiving. This, mm. He's been, that's his been his hot take on, on uh, wow. Thanksgiving for have, a really long time. I have time. issues with Christmas. A lot of, a lot well, of issues. All I, all I not, know is. Not with the incarnation. Yeah, with the Americanized. Oh man! Well, all I know know is I actually give thanks every day, not just one day a year. So (laughs) that's great, Tyler. (laughs) I don't need a turkey to tell me to be thankful. That's (laughs) no man. I will tell you what, for me, I'm I'm jumping on Christmas music. How soon? October thirty first. Stop! Oh no! November Eve. I'm once November Eve. As soon as I kick out the last trick or treater. I mean, the tree goes up. Really? The the decks are the the halls are decked. They're decked. The halls are decked. You said the decks are hauled. I'm about to say the decks are hauled. That's after Christmas. Uh, All the decks get hauled away. Mm. Yeah. No, Victoria. My wife doesn't like it either. She's just now, just now getting to. It's a good woman you married. There. Yeah. She's a little. She's a little discerning. um, More lenient with Christmas music now. Like there was a night the other night where I like. Played it through the house and she was fine with it. I think it robs from the um, strength of any particular holiday. It deludes These it. These are strong words. It deludes it. it when you stretch out. it out for so long, it's like steals. It's like someone says that they have a birthday week. I'm like, mm. no, you don't. You have a birthday. Well, that's and another. It, can, we, you know, can we do that on another hot take? A hot take on birthdays? 
<laughs> and no, birthday what? celebration. Birthday celebrations. Oh, we're so, okay. My my wife, she wants to celebrate her birth month. Like that's yeah. yeah. I, I'm okay that's, with that's the thing. Starting though. Christmas yeah. music December first. Like it's December. Okay, let's let's take this month as the holiday month. So you're nothing before Thanksgiving. Nothing but if th- and leave, I'm fine around Christmas Thanksgiving, which I think is a big difference. It's a yeah. big difference. Yeah, really. Yeah, it is. I, See, I think I'm like these, these October people and and early November people with their Christmas music. I, I'm 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 with Josh on that. So you're not on Stop the twelfth week of Christmas. Much? No, no. I just we'll get there. I, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of would just like enjoy, I'll enjoy Christmas when Christmas comes, but I want to enjoy Thanksgiving and embrace well, that season. I think too, it's not just you know here in Georgia we have weather that's all over the place. The first chill that I get in the air, I'm like, I'm ready to hang some stockings, man. I'm like, let's yeah, let's bring out the Christmas music. I love it. I love it. Well, do you ever listen to Christmas music randomly, like in the middle of the year in summer? Sometimes it's, in July, Christmas in July. That's no, I don't do that. No. Yeah. If it's not, it's got to be cold enough, even yeah. for these when does J ninety three start playing Christmas music? I don't listen to J ninety three. So <laughs> no, one, a, no one. No. When do, when What's do, a radio? When do? Uh, when What's J ninety three? When does Christmas stuff start going up in like malls and stuff now? Like right oh, after like what? They before Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was like November, now, the first yeah. week of November that they were putting stuff up in like yeah. In the stores That's because they're here. interested in, in yeah. making money rather than mm. celebrating appropriately. Wow. So. Um, this is a hot take. De- no, no one really is serious or cares about this. I'm good with listening <laughs> to Christmas music like November first on. Yeah. What's your What's your date? You said Christmas De- December, Eve. December December first. Okay. December. I was okay. just I was making my hot take <laughs> extra hot and gotcha. spicy. Okay, Chad. What about you? What's your definitive date? Around Thanksgiving. Okay, I'm fine with it because okay. I can. I, I feel like at that point I'm showing mercy towards those who are my weaker brothers, like Tyler. Who are playing it on Halloween, but I'm also respecting my other. Your right brothers, <laughs> the ones who. <laughs> if I heard that on a thanks on Thanksgiving Day, how would you feel? I, I would. What are, what are we doing? What, are we? We're confused. Like, I don't want to hear stuff on Thanksgiving. I want to smell stuff. Mm. Oh, okay. that's what I'm saying. That is a, that's a hot take. Well, <laughs> all I know is Christmas music is the best kind of music. And before and we did this hot take, none of us knew where the other ones stood. No, no, no. We had no, no clue. That's true. That's no, true. I'm genuinely, nah, this is, I'm not really surprised about you, but truly. I'm surprised about Tyler. Really? Oh man! Actually, come to think of it, I'm not surprised about it. <laughs> Josh yeah. is kind of a Scrooge, and I could see you singing <laughs> just bah humbug over here in the middle of uh, August. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, hey, fun fact that I learned this week. Do you want to know how much money Mariah Carey has made? Like gross, sixty million dollars. <laughs> wow. S- sorry, I was just a guess. I didn't even finish the question. I was just a guess. I had. I didn't even just know. A, just a wild guess. How much that Mariah Carey has grossed from <laughs> All I Want for Christmas is You. That's a terrible Christmas song. Grossed is right, because I'm grossed out by it. It's terrible. Well. That's a hot take. That's a terrible Christmas song. There's nothing about that song I like. What? Zero. Really? What? Well, apparently. All I Want for Christmas is You. Other people. Think it's amazing because you well, have sixty fine. million dollars off of that one song. Wow, good job, Josh. 
You nailed I'm that. I'm amazing with trivia <laughs> and dates. <laughs> Surprised you that you knew that, that so quickly. You nailed that. Didn't plan you that at all. You can do better, America. We can do better. Like, all I want for Christmas is you. Eh. Part of the problem it's is. better people, than your two front part, teeth. No, part of the problem yeah. is people like Tyler that start listening to this stuff in <laughs> October. If you started listening to it December 25th, you'd only made like 30 million. That's true. <laughs> okay. That's true. Well, you're welcome, Mariah. <laughs> Glad I could do you that favor. Give you all those millions. It's me personally. <sighs> well, this has been the High View Podcast. Hot takes on Christmas music. Let us know what you think. When is too soon to mm. listen to Christmas music? Find us on social media. You can just search for High View Church. Um, and we would love to hear your hot take on Christmas music in October. Um, and, ha- and happy holidays, everybody. Also, yeah. Well, first of all, happy Thanksgiving. We don't want to leave that out. We don't want to leave Thanksgiving out of the picture. Well, I was including Thanksgiving. When yeah. I say happy holidays, I'm referring to... I say Merry Christmas. What? Mm. Oh, come on. Merry man. Christmas. I mean, I do too. Wow. When I'm, when I'm wishing someone hot, Merry Christmas. On the next episode, our hot take on Chad's liberal holiday <laughs> views. <laughs> Why he doesn't want to put Christ in Christmas. <laughs> oh, don't you dare. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the High View Podcast. Please give us a nice rating and review if you can. If for, not, we, that's what we want for Christmas. That's what we want. Five stars. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is five stars. Also, share this with your friends and let everyone know where you get all of your sound doctrine as well as very pure hot takes. And we'll see you next time.